Wake up, Christians. This is Real Talk Ministry, and I will be sharing special podcast episodes called Wake Up, Christians. When you hear this sound, then you know it's time to wake up as I sound the alarm on helping the church see church in a way that may be different than what we are used to. So wake up, Christians, and I am your host, Miss Nisi. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Miss Nisi of Real Talk Ministry, and welcome to my audio podcast for August 2022. I do have a video podcast that will be coming up, and um, if you just stay with me to the end, I'll have a few announcements about what Real Talk Ministry is doing in the month of August. But I'm going to go ahead and get into this audio podcast, and I haven't shared this reminder, I guess, in a while, so I'll go ahead and do it. My audio podcasts are not like the teachings that I do for the video podcast. It is just shared information that I felt was on my heart. You can feel free to reach out to me about anything I share on my website, on my um, on, on my podcast at realtalkministry20 at gmail.com. So today's topic is called Wake Up Christians. Stop Forcing Praise Breaks. I want to start off by saying something that will probably sound super offensive to most of Christian ears, but I feel it is a curse that I personally want to release from my life. And it's not from the act itself, but the actual push I get in church for not doing it uh, that I felt I needed to do in church. And it is this, church people need to stop forcing a dance to be the validation of praising God so you can feel the person who's forcing it can feel the church is giving God praise. You do not have to force churchgoers to praise God. Now, hang with me until the end of this podcast because some of the things will sound factual, but praise is a given. We do have to give God praise, um, but it was given to us to give to God. So let me give a couple examples just starting off. Just a couple examples of some of the things I experienced that... I've been seeing that led to this point, uh, led to this topic. Uh, When I'm at church and a sermon is really good and I'm not moving, it's because I'm receiving the word. And I don't want my dancing and my moving or my screaming, amen, hallelujah, be the reason I miss the word that is being fed to me at that moment. So if I hear praise break music, and for those who don't know what that is, because a lot of churches don't do praise breaks, uh, but because, you know, you never know who may or may not know what a praise break is. So I'm explaining it. That is music that is played either at a medium, fast or super fast pace. And this music will make you move your feet. Uh, this praise can be a feeling that overtakes you spiritually. Or it could be because the music sounds good. It's no real reason for why you praise except that you feel that you're doing it to the Almighty. And y'all know what, if it is just the music and not spirit feel, like if you don't feel the spirit moving on you to praise and you just feel the music is good and you just want to get up and move a little bit, you know, that's cool because you don't need to have his Holy Spirit to praise God. I didn't say you should act unseemly. You know, you see videos where people take the opportunity just to um, act unseemly to be as a show, you know, just out of the norm, doing things that they normally wouldn't do. I think they do it for the cameras, but you don't have to have the Holy Spirit 
to praise God. So when people say they weren't praising him for real because they didn't feel it. Um, I have said that in the past too, but it really didn't matter because he said everything that has breath can praise him. Everything that has breath can praise the Lord. It could be humans, animals, trees. It can even be the ocean. Anything that produces oxygen that can breathe can praise God. Also, here's another example. This part right here, uh, it could be a little tricky, but uh, using exaltation to manipulate people into a praise. Now, this one is a little tricky because everyone doesn't use this as a gimmick just to make people jump up and down and shout. But it is used a lot when after you exalt the Lord and all you get is a couple of amens and a vigorous hand clap and you say, that's not good enough. Why isn't it good enough? Especially if it's truly sincere and all they can muster up at that time is an amen standing on their feet, clapping their hands and giving verbal praise to God. So when I say it is a curse to me that I need to release from me, that I feel I need to release, uh, it's just me thinking of my feelings when I go to church because of the fear of not having a good service for 99.9% of most churches churches today hinges on what can be seen or performed for church courts to think, to allow others to think that this is where the spirit of the Lord is. And what you see is what you get. So if you come to my church, you're going to praise break. You're going to get, feel the spirit all the time. You're going to get to run around all the time. And honestly, some of these videos and some of the things you see that if you don't look at a whole church service in its entirety, it's just a clip. It's just a clip of what happened in that moment. Um, but it not doesn't necessarily mean that's how they church is. And if you want to go to someone's church because you've seen that, by all means, go. Go to church. But um, that's not what praise really should be about. So when I say um, too many, well, let me just say it this way. Too many churches today are being disappointed in their by their congregation because they see their people are not dancing or praising them in the way they feel they should be praising them. Uh, they can be up swaying back and forth. They could be clapping their hands and giving God praise the way they feel they need to give God praise. But for some reason, to many of the praise worship leaders and, and those who are over the mic trying to exalt God in that moment, they feel it's not, it's not good enough. Like, that's not justified as a real praise. But what is it that is causing the congregation to feel that way? What is it that so many churches are literally trying to beg their uh, people to give God praise? Is it something lacking in the service that a person feel they have to force the atmosphere to show up? Uh, do they get tired of feeling like it's a show? You know, just come to church and you feel like you have to dance be, even if you don't want to um, maybe something happened that week or that morning or minutes before arriving to church that is causing that person to feel like they're unhappy or they just don't want to they're happy to be there but they just don't want to go through all the movement and emotions of what is considered giving God a praise in that moment um, how about when people say you are supposed to bring in your praise, but if they didn't, then what do you do as a leader, as a praise leader? I mean, 
what do you do? You can't force them to feel what you feel. You can't force them to have a praise because you have a praise. Uh, it's a lot of things that go into why a person don't feel like jumping. It's a lot of things that go into why a person shouldn't feel like they have to jump every time they come to church, even though it is branding in us that we have to. But I'll get to that a little later. Um, but what do you do other than just say a bunch of things to make them feel uncomfortable or to force them to feel like if you don't love Jesus the way I'm saying you should love Jesus or love God, then your praise should show it. Um, instead of making them feel like they have to be pumped up to feel something that is not there. And lastly, how about they get into the praise and it's cut off because it's offering time. That happens so many times. So many times. Okay. You got me riled up. You got me believing that if I do this, I'm going to get all the things that I've been praying for, all the things that I want. Now I'm doing tit for tat for praise just so I can get up and show you that I love God enough to dance and move and that my hand waving and my toe stomping and my hand clapping just wasn't justifiable enough for you to say, okay, that's enough. Uh, it's time to raise the offering or it's time to go into the next section or it's time to get the preacher up. You knew all that when you was trying to force me to praise in the first place. Don't force saints to praise. And I'm going to continue with this. Um, and my own, I'm going to share my own, continue to share my own personal experience. But this is was real personal. It was kind of uh, allowed me to see things in a different perspective. I, I'm just going to share that in my praise service, that I had earlier this year, I was so fearful because we were live streaming and I didn't want people to think that here's this service called praise service and then people won't give God praise. I thought, how can you have a praise service without having praise? And as the service was going forth and I saw the people going forth before the Lord, I was kind of praying like, oh Lord, please let it be a good praise service because my thought was what I know what praise is and I know not to try to pressure or make people feel like they had to praise him just because I was up there saying to give him praise. But it's this stigma in the church that praise and praise services validates whether your church service was good. And it's a horrible stigma to have. It's that curse that I say I really, really want released from my life when I start doing services for God. So it's like, okay... I was just like, Lord, please let it be a good service. I mean, we got to have praise to have a praise service. And um, when the service started going forth and I saw the people going for the Lord, I didn't take it as, oh, look what I did. I didn't take it as, oh, anything except God, thank you for allowing the people to feel your praise. But then God spoke to me and said, if you want to dance now, you can. And I didn't. Now, he didn't say dance. Miss Nisi, it or you know, he didn't say that. It was like, you know, if you this is your opportunity to dance, if you want to dance, and I didn't feel like I needed to. And in that moment, I think for the first time, even though I grabbed the concept years ago of knowing that you really can't force people to praise God and stuff like that, but I actually felt that I didn't need to praise God like that. I didn't need to be in a service to praise God to show validation to those who may be looking that we had a good service because we had a praise break 
Uh, it's one thing to know and acknowledge. It's another thing when you're actually in it and can really feel and see like, ah, yeah, I've been saying this, but it's true. You don't have to force the people to praise God. And I acknowledge that even though I grabbed the concept, like I said, I grabbed the concept of knowing it years ago, but I actually felt that I didn't need to do it like that. I was already praising him with the words he gave me. He has given me to share with the people at the moment. That word wasn't just a praise for them. It was a praise for me. So I was already praising him verbally. I was always already praising him with the joy that I received. Um, he wasn't just moving on my words to move the saints. He was moving on me to move me. So I was already in that praise. And I was just in praise with the music being played. I mean, the music was good and it was making me feel good. That was a part of my praise too. I was in praise and didn't even know that internally my life and how we was he was leading me in the service was the praise. Like it was internally where I was feeling the praise. Not necessarily because I had to literally dance in that moment to say God made it a praise service. And if you want to, you can go back and look at that service. It's on Real Talk Ministry. Uh, it was a very, it was a really good service. The Word of God preached by Minister Latisha Small. It was a wonderful service. The uh, musicians, Brother Jeremiah Cluis. I mean, it was a phenomenal service, but it made me realize I was praying the wrong prayer. Now, I'm not trying to be deep. Please don't take this as me being deep and I'm coming up with some new discovery of praise because I'm not. It was just for me. That moment was just for me. Uh, a person who will dance, who will run, scream and give God all kinds of praises to him. That's me. I, I am that person. I just acknowledged that for far too long, praise has been believed to be only one thing in only one way. And it's not. Now, I don't mean praise like clapping and singing. I mean the praise on the inside, acknowledging just how he wants me to do it for him. And not just because I was the MC or in my past, even in my present, that the MC or the preacher said, because clapping your hands is not good enough, or I don't love or appreciate God enough if I don't praise God in a certain way. That stigma, that right there, is the biggest no to me. You can't tell me that my praise is not validated because you don't feel like it's on the level that you think it should be for you. Uh, when this to topic, I'm going to be honest, when this topic came to me, I wanted to see if there was a different way of doing this. Like, I, I know praise. It is a very vast, it's very fast for a time discussion. That's a lot to discuss when you want to talk about praise because it's so full. It's so much um, to hit on, hit on when talking about praise. But uh, this thing called praise, it can be manipulation. It could be a manipulation tool for many things in the church. And I think it's time out for thinking that forcing the saints to praise it's going to change the atmosphere. All you did was force something to happen and then take it away. Um, if it's going to change the atmosphere, it's going to change the atmosphere because the people want to do it themselves, not because you had to create the atmosphere for it to happen. So, 
praising as a group, it's wonderful. Praising by your by yourself is just as good. But um, I guess I need to address the truth and being a churchgoer and being on both sides of being in the audience and being up front. You know when the church is dead. Now, I don't want to seem like I'm contradicting myself, but this is the truth. You know when the church is dead. Let's just be for real. You know when you are just getting people to dance so you can be praised for ushering in the Lord in the service. You know when you're doing that too. And you know when the service is just lifeless. It's just like bodies are in the room. It's just really dry. And I want to address that without me sounding like, again, I'm contradicting myself in this podcast. But praise is like homework. You learn so much when you're at school. But you have homework when you get home. See, homework is because there's only so much you can do in the classroom with all the students there. And being one professor over an entire class, you can't get give everything to the students in one day. So it is the responsibility of the student to finish the job at home. And we as churchgoers, we can't expect the praise leaders, deacons, deaconess, Preachers, leaders, ministers, we can't expect them to do everything in the time frame that is allotted for the church service. Just like there's a time frame for the classes, for certain studies and schools, there are time frames for the church service. So we can't expect them to do everything. So when the service is over, as churchgoers, we have a responsibility. You have to go home and prepare for the next week. So how do you prepare for a praise break (laughs) for the next church service? Um, Bottom line, you're not preparing to go dance and wave your hands. You are preparing to receive what what you are preparing for. You are preparing to receive, period. And what you receive produces your praise. So you go home, you read your word, you pray for yourself, you pray for others. You are doing all this homework during the week. So when you go back to school, or in this case, when you go back to your church service, you will be equipped and prepared to learn. You'll be ready to receive. You'll be ready to give. You'll be ready to give respect to the teacher. Uh, Not the people who are teaching and exalting, not just saying giving respect to them, but to your ultimate teacher. You'll be ready to show God that I have equipped myself for the praise that you want me to have to give you the praise. And I understand in many of our teachings in church growing up, we are to give God praise like he is not supposed to come from him. It's something we should do willingly towards him. But for those who are struggling and just don't move or just don't want to move there are still ways to equip yourself so when you do hear the word when you do receive what you need to receive when you do learn and continue to grow in him you'll understand the purpose of the praise but then you'll have a clear understanding that the purpose of the praise is for you and to God not just because someone feel like you're not praising him in the sight of man the way it needs to be praised and accepted to God. Big difference. So it's like everyone has a role in the church. We all have things that we have to do in the church. And one thing that is sure about any of your positions in the church, whether it's just a lay member, usher, 
a daycare provider, regardless of what it is that you do at your church, there's one thing that is sure about your position. And that is when it comes to praise, no one is exempt. No one is so special or so high in their position, so worthy or so unworthy, so lost. You're not so found. You're just not so accomplished in knowing everything about God. So you got it going on. No, Uh, no one is so connected or confused. You could be worrying. You could be stable. You could be confident. You could be fearful. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. And what you are doing, you have the freedom to praise God in any situation you are in. The God you are praising see you and he can handle all that you are going through. So I'm just asking the church to not desensitize praise. Don't make the people praise God until it becomes another standard or ritual that the church do. Uh, Rituals, you like come in, come to service (laughs) for some of us. Old school, come to service, you kneel on your knees, you give God a prayer, and then you praise, and then you worship, then you dance. Uh, Then there may be a testimony service, depending on the size of your church or if your church does that. And then there's an offering, then there's a soloist, then there may be another dance, and then the word of God. Don't make praise in the church business as normal. Don't make it just make it feel like it is something you just have to do. Uh, It's just a part of the church. If you don't do it, then you didn't have church. If they follow, if they follow and they catch on to what you're doing. um, Let me go back. Let me go back to my thought. Um, Okay. If in the position of being over service, if you're over service and you being over people, you get into your own praise. And if the people follow, yes, if the people follow, if they follow and they catch on with you, then they do. And if they don't, they don't. You can't force churchgoers to feel worship. You can't force them to feel praise, especially if you're feeling it the way you're feeling it. Uh, It's like hearing word. uh, You can't force them to come hear the word, accept the word, be at church on time. You can't make them stay to the end of the service. You can't allow your feelings of what you see the church people are doing determine the service that can really be a good service for you yourself as an individual. But because we are waiting to see the reactions from others, then it becomes frustrated, frustrating. And when it becomes frustrating, it hinders your own praise. Because then you're like, why won't they praise? Why are they not moving? If they love God like I love God, why are they not giving him praise? And it's like, the praise is important to God. It is. Not who had praised him that day, but because praise is my responsibility. My praise to God is more important than me trying to make sure other people praise him on the level that I think they should be praising him. It's my responsibility, even as a praise leader, or if I'm over someone exalting, it is up to me to make sure I get my praise in and I can't let others frustrate me because I don't think they're doing it right. Stop forcing praise breaks. Stop making it seem like the dance in the church is the praise needed for the service to say we had a good time or that God is just doing something in someone's life. 
Quit beating up people who are not praising. Quit attacking them. I have heard prophets, singers, leaders literally start fussing out of their mouths and begin to tear down the saints because maybe one or two people haven't moved all service. If God give a command for people to move in the service through you, if he tell you to tell them to jump up, run around, dance, God now. Now I'm saying God. Listen to my words. I'm saying if God. Because some people will just act like it's coming from God and it's really just them wanting to see some type of validation to say that they're a great pastor who have great praise breaks. So let me repeat that. If God gives a command for people to move, to tell people to move in the service, and they don't move, it shouldn't be taken personally. Saying you are not going to get blessed because you didn't scream to the top of your lungs for a new car, only to hear the preacher or the next person say it doesn't take all that. Look, that doesn't mean that they're not going to get their blessing. And it doesn't mean if you scream, you're going to get one. Nine times out of ten, you just did a church participation. Let people do what they do without forcing them. When you are trained that it is your job to make people dance and jump and run, you will probably think this word I'm speaking is not a God. And what I'm speaking isn't to say everyone is doing this. I don't always put everybody in a bucket and say, this is everybody, this is everybody in that church organization and this and that. I'm not saying that this is everybody, but the power comes from the most high y'all. And if he can't move them, it's not through your power or your might to do it. If they don't want to do it, you can't make them. Now for me, I love a good praise break service. I will be lying to you if I said I didn't. But the praise break doesn't overshadow the most important thing of the service. And that's the word. If they can't move like you want them to, but they are being fed the word and it is helping them grow and move forward in Christ, then there it is. That is what is needed. Will I still go into service thinking, man, they should be praising? Maybe. (laughs) Because I am learning to undo things that I was taught is what church was. Like I'm learning to undo some things that I was taught this is what makes church. This is church. And a lot of things I was taught does not mean that was church. It's just a part of the church activities that we do in that moment. So if I go in church and I say, why didn't I praise them? I have to now correct myself and say, because it's their business. It's their responsibility, not mine. That's what I have to do moving forward. So And even though it wasn't nothing wrong with a lot of the teachings that I had, but some of it, uh, it just had to go. And when you get into a point in your head that people not praising the way you think people should be praising, it becomes very frustrating when you see it from a different way or you don't see it the way. Let me step, step back on that. It becomes very frustrating when you have to unlearn some of the things that you thought was mandatory and was required in a certain way. Now, do you have to give God praise? Yes, you should want to give God praise. But the way 
I felt I was being taught in how services should be ran to give God praise in order to have an acceptance by God was totally, just totally different. Totally different. It's, it's just not, it's just not the same. I'm going to share this real far out example because I don't want nobody to listen and think I'm attacking any personal churches I've been to, I've seen that may look familiar. So I'm just going to give an example of unlearning some things and I'm going to use this really far out example. Okay. Um, let's just use an example of shoes. Like you've been thinking you can wear shoes that only supposed to latch up, not tie up. And you're looking at all these people who are wearing these shoes and you're like, "Ugh, why are they tying their shoes? Like, that's not really how you're supposed to wear those shoes. And you just think it's such an inconvenience to how they're doing things and the way they're doing it. And then one day someone give you some shoes and you, it's not latched up, but that's the only kind you have to wear. You have no choice. And then you realize that the shoe, if it's the right fit, it's comfortable. Uh, you can walk around. It can get you to your locations. You start thinking like, why was I thinking what they were doing was different than mine? And why was I judging them when there really was no difference? The only difference was that I was latching the shoes and they were tying it. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is that the church doesn't praise like other churches doesn't mean that they're not giving God the right praise or their praise is not justified. And then at the end of the day, if the shoe's fitting and it's working for me, who cares how I think how someone else is praising God if it's not hindering their process with him? If they are still getting the word, if they're still striving to live for him, they're still trying to find a way to serve him and do right by him, do right in this life with all these challenges and obstacles. It shouldn't be my concern that the way they're trying to get salvation is wrong because they're not wearing the same kind of shoes that I'm wearing. So to say how someone should praise God when you are in service, don't let it turn into a control thing. It should be up to them. And if they aren't doing it, if they are not doing it, teach it, give it through examples. But if they are not doing it, then maybe it is something in their lives or in the gathering of when they come to church that's deeper than just you wanting to see them jump up and run and dance. A lot of us, we are forced to praise God anyway. We are taught that no matter what is going on in your life, you have to look past it and praise God. If you are hurt because someone died, praise God for the death. That's not always the first thing a person want to do when grieving. When a person loses their job, if they get robbed, if they get sick, we like praise God anyway. And everybody is not strong like that. I think to assume that we are to forget our emotions and only focus on praise is a real problem. Because then your emotions not going to go anywhere. Those feelings not going to go anywhere either. It puts me in the mind of Job. Job didn't say, I'm not going to cry for the loss of my kids. I lost all my kids. I, I'm not going to cry. Uh, I'm pretty sure the servants he lost were friends, people he relied on that he may have knew for years. He never, I know he wasn't saying, you know what? I'm just going to praise God. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to have no feelings about that. And 
I know he's not going to sit here and say, you know what? I'm in so much pain for having boils and sores from the top of my head to the sore to the bottom of my foot. But I don't care. Uh, I don't have the support from family and friends. I don't have the emotional support. I often want to give up my life. This is just too much. I don't care, but I'm praise God anyway. The problem with that is he felt all of that. But the test wasn't if he would praise God through it all. The test was the challenge that Satan put on him was, will he curse God to his face? He passed the test. The test wasn't that I had to rid of all my emotions and who I am as a person and what I felt to praise God. And I'm not saying that he never praised him or gave him honor, but he had to acknowledge every emotion he was going through as well. Do not put yourself in a position where you lose your mind thinking you have to praise God and not have no feelings when life tragedies happen. Because he don't want you to do that. He wants you to honor him. He don't want you to turn on him. He don't want you to curse him out. He don't want you to just leave him. He wants to be there for you. He knows that you're going to have these emotions. And in those emotions, you may find some praise. It may not be immediate. It may come a little later. You'll get the praise. He'll get the praise. He'll get the honor. He trusts you for that. But don't get caught up in praise so much that you have to feel like everything had to become null and void because God did this and he did this to you. So you just have to ignore all the feelings that you have because God did it. That's not what he is saying. And with regards to praise, that's that's not the kind of praise that he's saying that you have to give to him. He does allow you to weep. He wept himself. So there are moments where you can give God praise for everything. And there are moments you need to let your emotions be your emotions. Our praise language and how we may talk and how we may do things about how praise should be may not change. Especially not overnight. But how we treat people who are not praising the way you think they should be praising. Like cursing them, telling them they are not going to get blessed. Or if they don't praise when someone is praising, they are being selfish. All that, that needs to stop. Just stop. As I said, in the Christian world, um, there was a podcast, audio podcast I actually did last month in July. You can go look it up. Anchor.fm slash Real Talk Ministry. I said... The topic was uh, Christians, Christians, we need to step it up. And I'm saying it again, a statement that I said, and it was like, maybe it's time to revamp how we do things in church. Maybe it's time to really look at the curriculum and how things are done according to the way we're used to doing it and not be scared to say, we're not going to do it this way. We're not going to speak at folks this way. It's not making them sensitive. It's not making them hard. It's just maybe that, you know what, there's a whole group of people that are new, that are familiar, that just don't need that type of pressure. And I know I'm born and raised in church. So when I say pressure, it may not be pressure for me. It may just be the norm for me. But then there are some norms that it's just like, am I really faking my way through this praise just so people can see that I'm okay? When I'm really not okay? Am I really praising, hoping that God send me a deliverance when uh, all I really need you to do is pray for me? 
y'all. I want to say that at the end of the day, I love to praise God. I love to praise God when other people are praising. I love to see people going forth in praise. I love the music that comes with it. Uh, the praise. When I see people go forth and praise, sometimes it brings tears to my eyes. It, it brings me. It definitely brings me a lot of joy. And I feel his spirit when I praise. And sometimes I'm just moving to the music because it just feels good, but it's in a positive praise towards God way. So I'm saying all that to say that you can pray for me if I'm not praising the way you think I need to praise to satisfy your eyes. You could pray for me. You could ask God, like, okay, can you have people praise like I did? <laughs> and it wasn't to satisfy my eyes, but it was like the nervousness of being accepted. That's a harsh reality, but it was true. Like, I just wanted everything to be right according to God's eyes. But I'm learning to undo some of these things, y'all, because it's not productive to people who are not regular church goers. If you're a regular church going person, you probably can see the uh, the yeah, I get that. I don't know. That's right. That makes sense in what I'm saying. But if you're not a regular church goer person and you go into a church that does a lot of praise, you're going to be like, well, I didn't feel this way, but that doesn't mean I didn't love Jesus because I didn't jump up and clap. I mean, I still love Jesus. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to get the word. I'm here every week. It's just today. I'm just going to praise him my way, not the way you expected me to. So I want to say that I love giving God praise. I love to see the people go forth and praise. But I can say that if you pray for me, if someone is not praising, then just pray for them that they get what they need. But to give God his proper praise, to see people give God proper praise, you can't force it. You cannot make me feel bad about sickness and death and life and my week that I'm having that is bad, that is great, that is poor, that is wonderful for you to say, this is why I need to praise God. When I go into church, I know why I need to praise God. And when I go into church, I know I'm going to give God praise. But if I go into church this week praising God and it's with my foot, next week it may be my hands. Don't mess with me. <laughs> Don't mess with me. Let me do what I need to do with my responsibility of my praise to God. Because he knows. He knows. He'll tell me when to move and not to move. And it's no disrespect to those who are really trying to usher in the service in a way where they just want everything to be good and positive and lively. It's no disrespect. Honestly, I'm not coming against anyone who's doing it to just really try to make the service the service to get people energized and out there and just just get into the field of the Lord. I know it's a very hard task to be in that position. I know firsthand. I know. But what I am saying is for those who do who does that and they realize, oh, ain't nobody moving. Oh, this church is dead. Oh, this church ain't really doing that. Get your praise on. Do what you need to do. Continue to move according to how God is allowing you to move and then pass the microphone. Do the word, teach the word, give the word, close out service. You can't force them. That's all I'm saying. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I appreciate it so much. I do want to share that August next week, August the 27th, we are having a preach-a-thon 
on Real Talk Ministry Radio. If you have been listening, thank you for, and I may play this on Real Talk Ministry Radio. I do play my audio podcast on the radio stations. So um, for those who have been listening, thank you for listening. I know there has been a lot of technical difficulties with some of my announcements and so forth like that. And some of my speaking podcasts with the frequency with the radio station online, but I'm being told it's being worked on. So I pray to God that everything is settled in position for Real Talk Ministry Preachathon. Saturday, August 27th, it will be for 24 hours and be all day just preaching. If there's going to be any music or anything like that, it will definitely be because of what was presented um, to me to share. But other than that, we just thank God for the word. And you can visit my website, www.realtalkministry.com for more information. Christians can't force, stop forcing the praise breaks. Let the people see God for themselves. God bless you. I love you with the love of Jesus. I'm Miss Nisi. God bless. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to share and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you can receive notifications when a new episode is posted. You can also stop by Miss Nisi's website, www.realtalkministry.com. There you can purchase her books, leave a comment, and stay connected with this ministry. Until next time, God bless.